Welcome, 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 everybody, to the January teleseminar. And of course, it's January. It's the beginning of a new year, and uh, more people are joining. So um, I, we just started. So awesome to see so many people on the line. This must be striking a chord with folks. We are, of course, talking about resolutions, how to keep our resolutions this time, and why have we not kept our resolutions before? And are we making the right resolutions? Are we make res making resolutions that are that are that are the right ones for us at this point in time in our life? And of course, all the work really um, that we've done up until now, the other teleseminars that are available to you out on the Hypnosis Club website, talking about perfectionism, and we'll touch on perfectionism today, talking about um, creating goals that are. Uh, appropriate for us that are are actionable um, all of that comes into play here but something tells you does it not that there's more something tells you that okay because we've seen that information haven't we I mean I, I know I have but it's kind of you know a, a, what do they call that a, uh, uh, it, it, uh, oh what do they call it <laughs> I've lost my thought. Um, it's a it's occupational hazard. It's an occupational hazard for me to run across this information all the time. But I think we've all run across it, and we see it every year, how to make good resolutions, yada, yada, yada. We follow those directions, and somehow we still end up going, hmm, you know, by the middle of February or the end of March, we are no longer on the wagon whatever wagon we had chosen to jump on. Um, and so we'll talk about that as well, about being something a little bit deeper, so that instead of just treating the, the surface symptoms, um, we, can, we can get at some root cause and say, listen, if, if we want to, if we really, really want to make this change in our life, whatever that change may be, how can we go beyond the mechanics of change and get to the place in our hearts, our souls, where that change is a foregone conclusion? Interesting? Game? Are you game? Are you game? Okay, let's go then. Game on. Um, so, like thousands of people, Tens of thousands of people? I don't know. 42% or 45% of Americans make resolutions. So there's, what, 360 million of us? <laughs> I lose track. How many of us are there now? 400 million? Um, so that's, that's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people who make resolutions. And like all of those people, you probably won't keep them despite your good intentions. Except that you will now, because you're listening to this teleseminar. So January 1st arrives after a month of celebration and excess, and where we give ourselves a chance to be off the hook. Self-discipline is not emphasized from, you know, golly, it used to be between Thanksgiving and the end of the year. Now it's, you know, maybe it starts in October with uh, Halloween. I don't know, but there's a big chunk of the year there where we keep putting things off and we allow ourselves more food, more candy, more alcohol, more self-indulgence than in the other months of the year. And at some level, we know this can't go on indefinitely. And so we impose a mental stopping point, January 1st. We tell ourselves, I am going on a diet or I'm stopping smoking or I'm getting exercise or I'm getting organized or whatever it is because I'll be ready then. There won't be all this going on. It won't be so hard. So during that period of overindulgence, you don't feel deprived. And we place so few demands on ourselves to be disciplined during that period of time, whether it's December, October through December, whatever it is. So there's no immediate threat of deprivation during that time. And it's always easier to think about starting next week or next month or when New Year's Day arrives and we somehow expect that that self-discipline will magically arrive on that date. And, you know, it, it does, it can, sometimes for several days, maybe for a week or two, but more often than not, we become 
overwhelmed by a sense of being deprived. We become pulled back to our old behaviors and we start to resent our self-imposed rules and we start to rebel, first in little ways, but then pretty soon the rationalization takes over completely or else we give up in frustration and we're back to old habits again. So what goes wrong there? Let's talk about a few things. Because while I, I, I say, you know, the mechanics, we know the mechanics, the mechanics are still important. You do want to have these pieces in place, and then I want to go underneath them, okay? So first of all, let's look at the timing. What is magical about January 1st? And I, I, have, I have never been one to make resolutions on January 1st, because my opinion is, my, my take on it is that when the change is right for me, I will make the change. And if it's time for me to get more organized in March, or if it's time for me to learn a new language again um, in, in, in June, then I'm going to do that when it seems appropriate. And when I am motivated to do that, and that's what I'm going to do. Um, January 1 seems kind of arbitrary to me. Well, it is arbitrary. Let's, let's, let's admit it. So it's not necessarily the best time to commit to those lifestyle changes because there's nothing magical about the date. And too many people approach New Year's resolutions as if they were punishments for bad behavior. So let's talk about, about that concept. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about that concept. Um, do you conceive of New Year's resolutions as a way to make up for the behavior of the past? Really think about that. Because if New Year's resolutions are about punishing ourselves, correcting our bad behaviors, then the, it is human nature to rebel against that. We can only endure punishment for so long before we rebel, even if it's against ourselves. Another thing to consider is that the changes that people try to make this time of year are often radically different from their normal lifestyle, and they're very difficult to maintain. If you want to stick with your New Year's resolutions this year, it's time to do something different, isn't it? Because as, you know, as a good neurolinguistic programming practitioner, I have to say, if what you've done in the past hasn't been working for you, then it's time to change what you're doing to get a different outcome. So, this concept of making changes that are radically different from your normal lifestyle. You know, back at when I was taking psychology 101 or 201 or whatever 01 it was, um, they had this model and they demonstrated it, you know, with, with a stretchy substance. I, I, I was asleep through half the class, so, you know, I, but I do vaguely remember this. <laughs> and it was to demonstrate how much change you can make and how much you're going to be pulled back to your old behavior and how making change is better made incrementally because you can stretch that stretchy substance and it's going to rebound a little bit, but it's not going to rebound all the way. But it's going to rebound somewhat. And so you stretch it out a little bit at a time. You stretch it out more and more and more and more so that as you continue to stretch it out and rebound, stretch it out and rebound, you're not going to rebound all the way back. And so incrementally, you're going to be making steps toward the goal that you have in mind. But if you're a person who mm, drinks uh, you know, two big gulps a day and stops by McDonald's for an ice cream cone, three times a week and he doesn't eat breakfast and hasn't exercised in five years and you have this like, concept in mind that you know starting on January 1st I'm going to be a vegan and I'm going to jog five miles every day and I'm never going to let caffeine pass through my lips and and, and on top of that by the way I'm going to stop smoking and stop drinking and 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 correct me if I'm wrong that's the way people frequently, I'm not saying always, I, 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 I'm, I'm very careful to never say never, <laughs> but very frequently go about 
making their New Year's resolutions. They're, they make the resolutions to reflect an ideal. And it's not even always clear that it's an ideal that's best for them. It's an ideal that society has offered up. So let's pull that apart a little bit and say, first of all, am I, am I making resolutions that are ideal for me, that are in harmony with my values, my self-identity, and who I really want to be, not who I think my spouse would like me to be, not who I think society would like me to be, not so that I can be more like someone that I admire, unless that's in keeping with being true to myself. So there's one piece of it. Okay. Sorry. I keep getting distracted by things. It's one of the, one of the challenges of doing these on your own. Um, the other piece that I just touched on briefly there, and I said, and, 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 is that we tend to, to, to chunk on a whole lot, don't we? I, we expect a lot of, of ourselves, and, and, and we're capable of a lot, but by golly, why so many resolutions? Choose the one that's sort of a, a catalyst resolution, a linchpin. And there's some good research on, on this, uh, on, on changes that you can make that are sort of um, entry key changes. So that when you make that change, the research shows that making a change in, in your health, for example, exercise is one of those entry key changes. If you start to exercise on a regular basis, and, and don't don't overdo it. I'm, I'm going to exercise an hour and a half every day, five days a week. No, I'm going to get 30 minutes of exercise three times a day, and I'm going to commit to getting that exercise, even if it takes me you know, three times a day in 10-minute chunks, because can't we all work that in? Research shows that when you make that kind of a change, it is a catalyst change. It's one of those key changes that allows us to spontaneously and therefore effortlessly begin to make other improvements in our behaviors, our health behaviors. You start to eat better. You start to drink more water. Maybe you decide to give up smoking. And so think about the, the one change that you could make that might lead to other changes down the road that are spontaneous changes that you may not even realize are happening at the time they're happening. But then once you get beyond the change, you go, oh, holy moly, I'm drinking a lot more water. Or I'm choosing salads for lunch. And I keep, you know, again, you know me. You know how I pick on weight loss. <laughs> it, the, the, the examples just come so so easily to me. Um, so there's that piece, is, is making the change that is in alignment with who you really are, not trying to conform to an ideal that, that's out there in, in your circle of, 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 of influence, in your circle of consciousness, because, you know, that's what society or that's even what the people that you hang around with expect and portray because you know what we see other people portraying is is what they portray unless you really know people very very well and intimately um you don't necessarily know that they're fully aligned with what you're seeing okay we, we all play roles in in different areas of our life excuse me <coughs> um so keep it keep it aligned with with what's really right for you. What's in alignment with your your goals for yourself, your your Oh my. I am really stammering today, aren't I? Something else. Um your values. 
and look for look for you know give it some some thought some 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 noodling on you know is this one of those key habits that I'm going to change that's going to spill over into additional changes that are in harmony with this that are going to happen spontaneously because of this change because that's killing two birds with one stone that's where you start to really see payback and benefit for your your efforts okay so here's just a few questions to to ask yourself ask yourself whether you really want to change that habit or whether you just feel like you're obligated to do it because of pressure from around you and you think you should. Do you really want to change that habit or that behavior pattern? What benefit is, going to ha- is it going to have for you? When you imagine yourself having changed that habit, do you feel a sense of pride and a sense of energy and a sense of, yes, i got to have that. I need to feel that way. Or does it does it lay flat for you? And it's like, well, you know what? I, I really I really don't want to change that habit so much, or I'm neutral about changing that habit. I I just think I should, you know. I've always told myself I ought to. Yeah, you know. Pick one that has some emotional resonance for you. Another one, of course, you've heard it over and over, set realistic goals. Again, aim for gradual change. Remember that that change that you stretch the the rubber band or whatever, and it and it and it comes back a little bit. But you have changed, right? So then you stretch the rubber band again, and it comes back a little bit, but not as far as before. And you have changed even more. So aim for that gradual change. You're more likely to follow through on something that blends naturally into your current life. Don't make it drastic. Set specific goals, and I know we've heard this one before as well, but it's not enough to want to change. You have to think about the steps you're going to take and exactly what that change is going to look like, feel like, sound like, taste like in your life once you have it. The mind is a goal-seeking device, but it has to be programmed with specific 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 Right? That's all, folks. Specific information. (laughs) I'm so glad you all love me. (laughs) Specific information in order to get there. Um, A goal-seeking device, like a autopilot on on an airplane. Now, did you know that if if you take an airplane up into the air and you want to go to Los Angeles LAX airport, you, you have to program in that specific location into the into the autopilot, the GPS. You can't just program it for California. That's too big of a landscape. And did you also know that that plane flying on autopilot is off course 95% of the time? The way autopilot works is that it continuously course correct. Course corrects, course corrects, course corrects, course corrects. And I believe we talked about this in our, in our um, teleseminar on perfectionism. That moving from here to there, whatever that means in your life, moving from being an employee to an entrepreneur, moving you know, to lose weight, moving to whatever the case may be, is never a straight line. Progress is not accomplished in a straight line. You make a little progress, and then you have those setbacks. The rubber band shrinks back. You course correct, you get back on, and you make some more progress. You stretch the rubber band a little bit further. That airplane is off course 95% of the time, and it's just continuously making tiny little changes. So expect yourself to have little setbacks, times when you're not doing as good. Be compassionate with yourself. There's good research on that, too. I blogged on it. So out on the blog, um, there's information about the benefits of being compassionate to yourself. Turns out, you know, people expect or, you know, the, the intuitive um, knee-jerk reaction is if you've, if you've done something that you consider wrong, oh, that you um, 
that you're hard on yourself, right? That you need to be a tough taskmaster, that you need to expect yourself to buck up and, you know, expect more of yourself and be the drill sergeant. And it turns out the research shows that you will, you will, you are far more likely to actually return to your desired course of action to, to get back on your wagon of choice if you're compassionate with yourself than if you're the drill sergeant. So expect those tiny little course corrections. Expect that you're not going to be an angel 100% of the time. And if you anticipate that, then it's easier to, to understand that this is the process of change. This is how change works. And so therefore, you are making the progress and you'll get to your, to your end result. The other lesson there is, what kind of course correction does that airplane make? Tiny little course corrections. So don't allow yourself, if you're, for example, you've lost some weight and, you know, you keep, you monitor your weight, right? And you, you want to, you've, you've attained your goal weight and you want to stay there. Um, if you've gained two or three or four pounds, that's the time to say, ooh, I guess I'd better look at what I've changed in my, in my behaviors and, and, you know, eat a few more salads and bring myself back into alignment. Do it then, not at 30 or 40 or 50 pounds tiny course corrections to keep yourself on. So set realistic goals, aim for gradual change. Um, make sure that the change that you want is a change that you really want, that has emotional resonance for you, that's in alignment with who you are, with your values. Um, setting the specific goals, making sure that you are programming into that goal-seeking mechanism on top of your neck that you're going to LAX, not mm, someplace west. <laughs> it might not get you further than Fargo, not where you want to go, maybe. Don't expect perfection in your behavioral changes, and we've already touched on this. But again, don't allow too much leeway either. Tiny course corrections, but expect the course corrections. But remember, if you expect perfection, you will tend to give up the first time you deviate from your plan. Be compassionate with yourself. Prepare for the times when you are tempted to just abandon your newfound discipline. For example, what will you do when somebody offers you a drink or a fattening treat? You might choose to give in or to say no. Decide ahead of the time and just be aware of the consequences. There are times, and I, I use this example a lot, you know, if your friends, if your best friend's eight-year-old kid just made their first ever batch of cookies and they offer you a cookie, take the cookie, <laughs> but choose your battles. Remind yourself frequently of what you're moving toward, that emotional resonance piece. And the best way to remind yourself frequently of that is to be doing it in hypnosis in self-hypnosis, to imagine yourself having made that change, to show yourself the contrast between what's my life going to be like if I walk down the path to the left where nothing changes or I revert and go back to my old behavior. What's that life going to be like? To return to the suffering, to return to the pain, whatever that is, to return to the frustration, to have the feeling of being defeated. And do I want that? Is that what's really in store for me? Or to come back to that fork in the road, that emotional, mental, behavioral fork in the road that we all find ourselves at from time to time in our life and to imagine going off on that path to the right, the path that leads to the future that you desire and see yourself engaging in the behaviors that create the change and feeling the pride, enjoying the results, living life the way you're meant to live it. Feel that emotional resonance and that joy. So remind yourself frequently, and hypnosis is the best way to do that because it talks directly to your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is the seat of all your emotions. And that keeps that decision, that resolution, whatever you want to call it, that keeps that fresh for you. So, 
In order to make a resolution stick, you must view it as a gift that you give yourself. And that is where I'd like to talk about real briefly, because we do have to move on to our hypnosis. As I said, a lot of these things, the, the mechanics are important. But let's get underneath the mechanics. This is a gift that you give yourself. And if you're, if you're making the decision of what you want to change the right way, meaning that it's really something you are doing for you, then underneath all of it is a love for yourself. The most important thing you can do to keep those resolutions, those well-made resolutions, is to treat yourself as your own best friend. I often say that your relationship with you is the most important relationship in your life. So nurture that love for yourself. Treat yourself with compassion. And view this resolution as a gift that you give to yourself. All right, so we're going to anchor all of this in in hypnosis in just a moment. You probably hear my puppy barking in the background. I'm going to let them out, um, and then I'll be right back. Oh, did I really? Oh, I just got an email that says, Cindy, you just said earlier... 30 minutes of exercise three times a day. <laughs> uh, three days a week. Uh, so, um, yeah, I meant to say 30 minutes of exercise once a day, three times a week. So, um, and then, and then, you know, make, breaking that up into 10 minute chunks if that's what's work, what works in your day. So, no, not 30 minutes three times a day. That would still be your hour and a half a day that, that, uh, yeah. So thank you for emailing me that. I didn't, that I totally didn't even know that I had said that. I'll have to listen to the recording. Not that I don't believe you. I do. You're all going, yeah, yeah, Cindy, that's what you said. Okay. I know. Okay. So it is time now to move into the hypnosis portion of our call today. So as always, this part of the call will put you into a hypnotic state. And I have lovely background music to play with this today. Um, and so it might take you even deeper than if it were just my voice alone. So if you're driving your car or doing something that requires your conscious awareness and attention in order to be safe, now would be the time to go ahead and hang up the phone and listen to this later out on the Hypnosis Club pages. So, as always, I, I won't be offended if I see the line drop. <clears throat> oh, and hey, before we do that, um, I would like to have another contest. And I would like to give away three copies of my book. Mastering the Art of Success. So the first three people who email me and just say, I'm listening, like Frasier, right? If anybody remembers that show, I'm listening. You will um, get a copy of my book, Mastering the Art of Success. I'll even pay the postage to get it to you. Um, or we can arrange for you to come and pick it up or drop it off or whatever the case may be, depending on where you are. So the first three people to email me. Um, but wait until after. <laughs> you won't, will you? Because <laughs> right now I want you to be focusing on going into a nice, relaxing state of hypnosis. So now is the time to go ahead and find a good, comfortable place for your arms. A good, comfortable place for your head nice comfortable position for your legs not crossing those ankles not crossing those legs arms and legs akimbo not touching each other 
Close your eyes if you haven't already done so. Take that deep breath in. And that long, slow exhale. And just start to focus on the idea of change. A change that's important to you. A change that meets all of those criteria that we just talked about. And we all know that having goals is important. It's the way to achieve success in life. You have had so many goals in your life that you have achieved. And if you just take a moment to reflect back on everything you've already achieved in life, you'll realize that you are a big achiever. You've done so much. You've learned so many things. Your accomplishments stack up on each other. But you know, it runs deeper than that. It's not just about success. It's not just about achievement. Aiming to reach targets that are important to you adds meaning to your life and gives you a sense of purpose and direction and alignment with your values. If we look at it simply, there seems to be Two basic kinds of people when it comes to achievement. First, there are the talkers. They talk a good talk, but after you watch them for a while, you start doubting that they'll actually get underway on those projects they talk about. Remember the teleseminar we did back in October? I think it was October. On follow-through. These people also might start something but find that there's no immediate reward. And so they'll quit. The danger in talking about something before you fully commit to it is that first you can feel like you're doing something constructive. And I'm not doubting that it could be a good idea. But maybe, as we just discussed, maybe it's not exactly the right time. But you also get an advance on attention and admiration from others before you actually do something. That can happen. You talk up what you're going to do, what you're going to accomplish, and it feels really good. But that has its dangers, because until you've fully committed, it's just an idea. And we've all had a lot of ideas that we've thought about doing, but after sleeping on it or giving it a day or a week. It's really not the right time in our life. Don't you have a bunch of those things on the the back shelf of your mind or the back burner of your mind? I know I do. And they're all really good ideas. And there have been times in my life when I've made made the mistake of telling myself that I'm doing it and telling others that I'm doing it and committing to something too quickly. How many people have left this world without even having tried to bring their dreams into reality? Or maybe they tried, but the problem is with that word try, isn't it? There are lots of implications of that word. It means to make an effort, but it doesn't really mean to do. Now, the other kind of people are the doers. They actually do. And they really commit to what they talk about. They work on creating rewards that will only come later. And they don't quit just because things get tough or obstacles come in their way, because obstacles always will. Life always creeps in. But these people, they keep going. And often, they surprise you with their success. Because they start to share it after they've made the commitment. After changes are already underway. I don't know which kind of person you are, but the fact is, you can change and improve whoever you are. 
Now we've gone through a lot of practical help for creating follow-through, for not being a perfectionist, or taming and, and, and training those perfectionistic tendencies to our benefit rather than letting them become a detriment. We just talked about some goal setting, the mechanics of it, that you can use to help your progress. And you can think about the language you use relating to your goal. Do you say things like, I might, or I'm thinking about doing such and such, or I'm going to try, before you've even made your decision about whether you're going to truly attempt it, truly commit to it. So listen to your language and start using terms like, I'm going to, and when I have done that. You see, when, I, when you say, when I have done whatever that is, that's that foregone conclusion that I mentioned at the very beginning of this call. Creating in your mind a foregone conclusion that it is going to happen. So, make your own decisions about what goals are important to you. Set specific times and dates for that goal-seeking mind of yours to begin your projects. Decide how much time you're going to devote to creating those changes and break it down into achievable steps, stretching a little bit at a time stretching and rebounding but not all the way and continuing to stretch more and more and more and incrementally creating that larger change by hitting mini targets along the way. Write down your goals and cross off the steps to your goals as you achieve them. I like the idea of mounting a big whiteboard where I can see it every day and keeping track. That's a visual reminder. It's powerful visual reminder. This is all the practical stuff, the mechanics that you can do. But right now, we're here to really boost your motivation with some hypnosis. It's important to understand that the energy that propels you toward goals is emotional. And that's what I meant when I said, find a goal that is emotionally resonating for you. Not just something you think you should do or it would be nice to have or people expect of you. But emotionally resonates with you. The more compelling your goal feels to you, the more you are going to feel like working towards it. In fact, once it feels compelling enough, you won't be able to stop yourself. Whenever you use the techniques you, you learn in this session, you will increase the emotional energy. And that's going to compel you to get going on your dreams. One of my favorite quotes from a friend's grandmother is, Don't have a wishbone where your backbone should be. <laughs> Although vision, your wishbone, is a key initial stage in creating something, nothing is truly achieved without focus, resilience, flexibility, and determination. All those things we talked about in the follow-through session. So get ready now to strengthen both your wishbone and your backbone. So settle down, take another deep breath in. And first of all, get your goal in mind. Where do you want to be? Who do you want to be? What do you want to be doing with your life in the near future or perhaps further forward in time? If you haven't already, let your eyes close comfortably shut. And notice how it feels as you begin to have a kind of waking dream. When you can take care to focus effectively on the smaller acts in your life, the quality of your overall life will take care of itself. And you can have an overall vision 
Get the sense now of your body relaxing deeply and comfortably, like a soothing mist of calm sweeping up through your body, gently calming every part of you as it flows through you. All the great inventors of the world had dreams, and those dreams spawned their inventions. Those dreams became clearer and clearer until they came into being in the real world, like Archimedes in his bathtub, just suddenly seeing the right pattern and how it matched up to reality. Begin to notice that as you relax deeper and deeper, as I count down from 10 to 1. You can dream a sense more and more as I count of having already achieved your goal. Begin to notice enjoying life when your goal is achieved. And 10. Getting a sense of growing nearer your goal. 9. With each count, getting a clearer sense of being in the future, with life the way it needs to be. And eight, seven, six, relaxing deeper with each count. And five, four, and three. Two and one. Zero. Zero is deep sleep. Deep sleep. And now, quietly in your mind, spending time now really living life after you've achieved your goal. Experience what you see, hear, feel, and enjoy. Drifting into the future now with your goal achieved. Good. And in your mind, you can take a little stroll somewhere beautiful. And with each step, you can... Relax so much deeper. <coughs> Good. Just coming to rest in a serene and comfortable place. And from here, with such profound peace and calm. Imagine traveling forward in time to when you have achieved that goal, whether that's days, weeks, months, or years in the future, just noticing how your life is now, what it feels like to have that sense of satisfaction, the knowledge that you have completed that, done what you said you were going to do, followed through on your promise to yourself and taking a little time to be aware of other types of change in your life the changes that followed effortlessly and spontaneously on the heels of the change that you were intentionally creating notice how other people treat you now that they know that you are someone who can truly apply yourself and you are unstoppable until you have done what you set out to do and how you feel about yourself now that you have done that. Notice it all. God.
And perhaps there are other differences in your living circumstances, your work life, or your relationships that you can notice now that you have completed that key goal. Now, from your vantage point of having completed that goal, you can look back with satisfaction on how you did that. Each step in turn, remembered from the future. Looking back from here in the future at each practical step and each psychological step you took to achieve what you have now achieved. Noticing any difficult points and how you overcame them, how you dealt with them. Look back from the future now at how you did that. Now, notice how you can seem to drift through time and space in your mind and drift backward to the time when you began working toward that goal. That's it. Excellent. Now, over the next 45 seconds or so, you can come up rapidly through time, through each and every step of the way, from the very first step, the first decision, the commitment to yourself, to the triumphant completion of your goal. Notice how powerfully exciting and at the same time calming this amazing experience is. Living your life and living your achievement of that goal as if it was happening now. When you've done this, you're going to find that your goal has become so much more compelling. Once again, drift to the start of the whole process now, that moment, that moment at which you made that commitment. And then once again, now moving rapidly through time, through each and every stage and step as if you are flowing through days, weeks, months, or even years, very swiftly, noticing each and every aspect starting now.
wonderful. And the more you do this, the more and more compelling these futures are going to become for you until your goals become truly magnetic, pulling you toward them with an irresistible force of their own. That's right. Pulling you forward into success. Whatever success means for you. And you know you can listen to this recording as often as you like, drawing you toward those goals. Now you can return to this time and this place. Begin to focus your awareness around your body, feeling nice and comfortably energized, rested, recharged, invigorated, feeling so good. That's it. Gently beginning to come back with the count from one to five. One, two, beginning to come back to the room. Three, feeling alert and powerfully calm and focused. Four, ready for your future from this point on. And five, that's it. Open your eyes, wide awake, feeling great. All right, and... I will be checking my email and see who's the who are the three lucky winners of mastering the art of success and I wish all of you the absolute best in determining what those goals are for you the ones that are really going to resonate with you emotionally and draw you into your best future and some of you I will see in the course of the next week because we have appointments. And some of you I will see on the call next month. And my love and wishes to all of you. Good night.